Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back, my kindred, to Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. I am Sylvania Dracul, your host through this world of darkness. The coterie struggled against the harmful effects of the daytime. Val and Evangeline surrendered to their exhaustion at the hospital, leaving Evangeline's husband to continue her search for her. Doris took shelter at Marjorie's and asked her to catch a snake if one showed up. And Everett survived his fall, though just barely. Will the coterie have any answers or still be alive by the time darkness falls over New Haven? Abandon hope. All ye who listen here. You finally, finally get a good day's sleep. Uh, except for Everett, but we'll get to that yeah, in a second. But um, <laughs> for uh, Val, Evangeline, and Doris, after uh, the town hall massacre, after the fallout of that, after getting your arm reattached, attacked by Snicks, um, losing a, a sheriff, punching through a wall, you all finally actually get um, some proper rest. Um so all of you can go ahead and we'll do the the rouse check in a second. Um, but let's get let's get some healing. Yes. When you get that feeling, you get regular vampiric healing. <laughs> regular healing. Um, so um, for all of you, again, Tyler, we'll get to you in a second. Yep. <laughs> um, you're, you're a special case. So vampires uh, heal one point of aggravated damage per night. Okay. Um, I think normally you have to roll harder on this, but given that you've been in hospital, you've been fed, you've kind of been taken care of, uh, including you, Doris, even though you, you've had to flee the hospital, like the surgery kind of put you ahead of the game in that they gave you a bunch of shit while they were reattaching your arms. So like, mm-hmm. I think you're, you're all in, in good, in good stead. Um, so you can go ahead and, uh, heal one point of aggravated damage uh in terms of your superficial damage um you can roll uh, to rouse the blood um right. to see how much superficial you want to shrug off um, yeah. so is that like combined with like our normal rousing the blood yeah so we're gonna okay. have to do a rouse check just to wake up um yeah. that's literally just just a, a straight up thing i think what we'll say is given that you're again in a hospital and you've all been kind of treated uh, let's do one rouse check to wake up and one rouse check for um, shaking off all of your superficial damage. Okay. Because something that I do kind of want to lean into is like, there's a lot of danger in New Haven, but it's specifically built to give vampires an advantage that Kindred don't get anywhere else in the world right now. So I think we kind of want to lean into that, which is like, you're in a hospital Run by vampire, yeah. built in yeah. a town for vampires. We're not hiding in the sewers, yeah. 100%, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Ridley being like, I got blown up, so I guess I'm going to go fucking sleep it off in a pub. 
It's medical team on hand. Like, I guarantee you people have come by to check on both Val. And I mean, Val, they, they would have dragged you out of the hallway into one of these rooms. Um, you probably punched one of them in your sleep, but that's fine. They're used to it. Um, but yeah, like you, you you get a little bit of extra um, uh, care from that. So uh, let's do rouse checks for the three of you, please. And then we'll follow those up Seven. with your shake off. I got a nine. I passed. <sighs> I got yeah, a nine. I, pa- I pass. Yeah. And Evangeline? Oh, sorry? yeah. Oh, nine. Great. Okay. So it passes all around. So you wake up and then mm-hmm. let's roll for your um, your superficial to shake off the rest of that damage, please. Oh, that's a one. One? All right. So gain a point of hunger, but you get to wipe your your okay. superficial damage. Um, ten, actually, sorry, baby. Claire, I'm, I'm going to leave you with one for the arm. Yeah. Okay. I yeah. think it's just, it's annoying in an itchy under the cast kind of way. Like it's not really giving you trouble, but it's just a... Okay. Enough of a pain. And uh, Evangeline, clear win, so you can wipe your damage. You're good. And Val. Val has hurt only other people. She has not been injured yet in this campaign. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that. Yeah. (laughs) She's only hungry. All the blood is other people's. (laughs) How do you feel about helicopter rides? Because I got to tell you. That's it's a great incredible. way to get injured. Holy <laughs> Sorry. shit. Sorry, fam, but yes, I have not taken anywhere so I mean, hardcore. That does make sense to me, though, from a perspective mm-hmm. of, like, it's that, like, fucking stupid gag from Starship Troopers where it's like, why do we need to learn knives? And it just, like, pins his hand to a wall. And he's like, you can't push the button if you don't have a hand. Like, you just punch people first. Correct. That is entirely what has happened. No one has been able to get past the punching situation. Um, I should also throw... The psychic damage of watching... Cherry get yes. totaled. Yes, that's true. Well, and, and calling Everett dad. Stain. There's been yeah. some like uh, there's been a couple oh. of like emotional the and mental can't, The things she can't defend against, like that punching does not stop. That's where her skills stop. Also, right. yes. Um, I should also throw a caveat up for this episode. Uh, I, I, for those of you who don't know, uh, I've got a, a a like two and a half month old uh, wee baby Miles uh, who's going to be like happily gurgling in the background. Uh, apologies, just. Imagine there's, I don't know, a happy vampire baby hanging out. Eh. <laughs> Renesmee is here. Um, <laughs> no, Tom, no. Uh, anyway, um, so apologies for gurgling baby, but, uh, you know, it's the cost of doing business. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, great. So all of you uh, wake up in your respective places. Um, all of you have, have recovered uh, somewhat. Uh, Evangeline, let's start with you. You had a, a pretty serious uh, desire before you um, you sort of fell asleep yet again. Uh, so uh, it is a new night in, in New Haven, and you're finally free uh, free to leave. Keeping in mind that, like, as the sheriff's department, it's not like, you know, the cops are going to show up and ask you questions. You are the cops, and the daytime cops will assume that you kind of have this. So there will be reports ready for you, but honestly, it's nothing that, Val, you didn't learn last night or last day, yesterday. Um, so, uh, yeah, Evangeline, uh, what do you want to do? I would really love to get my dog back from the vets because I have been without him for a number of days now. And these are the most trying days of my life. And I would like to have him back now, please. <laughs> he's All he's right. been he's been at um he's been at the vets uh for for like about a week. It should only have been a couple days, but of course <laughs> I was kidnapped and then the whole thing, you know. <laughs> a whole thing happened. 
Yeah, absolutely. All right. So um, you are going to head then to Kevin and Co.'s father-daughter taxidermy and veterinary clinic um, in the uh, Toreador uh, or the Gangrel Quarter. Uh, it is happily not that far from the hospital. Um, and I think that the plan is probably like pick up your dog and go home. Is that fair? Yeah. Oh, would yeah. You check, would you check in with Val or would you just go? Um, I don't think there's any need to check in with Val. I don't think that's even a consideration. Right. Um, no, I, Val's her own person. I'm my own person. Whatever. So uh, <laughs> how do you plan on getting there? Are you going to walk? Are you going to try and hail a cab? Uh, how, how far is it? It's not that far. You could walk if you wanted. Um, Keep in mind, this is a like ultimately it's – it's a small town, but it's like a small town that was built by Apple yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah. So, or like a Google campus. Uh, obviously, it's not that fancy, but you know what I mean, right? Where it's like it, it is a small town. The population is actually relatively small, but everything was built fairly recently on top of a kind of an existing town. So, yeah, it's definitely walkable. It's just nice. Yeah, I think um, the. I would say I should feel safer in a vehicle, but considering I was kidnapped from a vehicle. Walking feels just as safe, and I think um, uh, I think Evangeline is so kind of single-minded at this point that she just leaves the hospital and starts walking in the direction of the clinic. Okay, awesome. So um, you set out uh, from the hospital um, yeah. en route uh, to the clinic. Um, the uh, you notice as you walk, uh, Evangeline, that uh, there's a, a tense atmosphere. Um, on the streets tonight. Um, up till now, New Haven has been relatively like there's been uh, a lot of small crime, for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, like uh, you know, there's been things like uh, cayenne bears, kind of like hijinks on the edge of town. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, um, there's been a a sense of um, uh, the, the, it, almost relaxation. Um, and I think because you're relatively new to this game, you wouldn't necessarily feel this as intensely as someone like Doris would. But the fact that vampires are just able to be kind of out and about um, is really strange. Um, but suddenly there's a bit more of that, like, you know, sm- like, um, you know, like one scene into Scream where suddenly everyone's like locking their doors. Everyone's a little bit more suspicious. Honestly, it was like when, when COVID first started and we were all like passing people on the sidewalk. Right, where there was a lot of like, oh, we're gonna take like a big yeah. like there's just a little bit of of um tension in the air that that there hasn't traditionally been. But you kind of don't care. It's something you notice, but isn't really that that relevant to you. It's just a sort of a, a subtle thing. Um what uh what if anything is is going through your mind as you kind of go for this admittedly kind of lovely evening walk? Um there's <sighs> I think it's it's a lot of kind of um, there's definitely like flashes going through her head um, from the past couple days and the horror of it. And um, she's just trying to kind of ignore and essentially just like repress all that Um, because she's, she's still, she, even though she's like slept, I think she's emotionally like super drained. Um, so, you know, I'd love to say that she's like, you know, having all these grand thoughts. She's not. She's not. She's not. Evangeline's not growing in any way. I don't think she's going to learn from this. No, she just and, wants and her I, dog. 
And I think that's perfectly reasonable. Like, it certainly wasn't, you know, fishing for, like... No, I know, but I just think, like, oh, give me give me a good character. No, like, fuck, Angeline's <laughs> gonna, like... <laughs> nope. Can you, can you roll me, then, a resolve and survival? Resolve and survival. Uh, gosh, dick all in survival. All right. That is two successes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was going to see whether basically you took any willpower damage from, from Mm. this, uh, but, uh, no, you're, you're comfortably in this. Honestly, as a TV personality, I think you've had to repress enough shit, uh, that you're, you're just kind of rolling with it. So (laughs) yeah, she's used to repressing her own opinions about things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just a a single minded, uh, walk through, through the evening air. Um, great. Uh, meanwhile, Val, um, you wake up in a, in a new room, um, which I think is probably to be expected. Did you imagine you'd wake up you know, in a Soho doorway where a policeman knew your name, or did you imagine someone would move you? I, I don't think she had strong feelings about it, but the assumption is like, I'm not injured, so someone did something. It's fine. <laughs> okay, great. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you wake up in another one of these these sort of small rooms, um, and you feel fucking great. Uh, mm-hmm. It's been good to to actually get a little bit of rest, um, but the sheriff is missing, and that's a big fucking problem. So yeah. um, what uh, what do you think your your first course of action is upon waking up? Yeah, well, she would she would eat if she could find some blood bags to eat because the the hungry yeah. anger has been a problem. Yeah, I'll say um, for Evangeline and Val, you can drop your hunger to zero um, because you've been in the uh, you've been in the hospital, so like you have free access. And honestly, given everything that just went down, rationing is not a thing for the two of you right now. Mm-hmm, it's cool. it's a classic. Like we got to keep our our you know frontline folks. You know, like, uh, what would be nice if the world actually did? Just keep our frontline folks, you know, like, healthy yeah. and taken care of because yeah. they're the ones doing all the hard work. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. some imaginary fantasy realm. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes, you, you've got enough blood to drink. Um, you're, yeah. unlike poor, possibly dead Everett, you are uh, you are well well fed. Yeah. Um, so with that out of the way, what, mm-hmm. uh, what do you do next? I think, unlike Evangeline, she would actually look for Evangeline. Then when she's doesn't easily find her, it's like, you know, fuck, she disappears, fuck it, fuck, you know, f- what the fuck ever. So she's <laughs> she's just going to get in the police cruiser she has, and she's going to go home, and her s- fucking son better be there, or otherwise she's going to figure out where the fuck he is. So that's, <laughs> she needs a shower, and <laughs> just, ugh. There's something really funny to me about a kindred just needing a shower. Um, it's such a human impulse, but also weirdly one that I think would transfer very well into kindred life. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, yeah, but I still, like, I don't have to put up with this shit. Um, all right. Yeah, so I think also Val has done a lot of just, you know, living on the road or doing, like, missions where she just gets covered in dirt and grime. And so I think just... The shower has is like a comfort thing for her that has transferred in that way just because it's like, okay, clothes and no blood on me is a nice feeling. Well, we did establish you were still like caked in viscera and gore. Like you're, 100%. you're yeah, yep. it, it's mm-hmm. not a great scene. Um, also, uh, a question for you that I should probably know the answer to from uh, Ryan's spell of episodes, but um, what's Val's uh, cell phone situation? Does she carry a cell phone? Does she... Yes, yeah. she has a nice cell phone, like a new modern cell phone, because her son is a 90s child and has 
given her, set her up on the phone plan and all that stuff and taught her how to do that stuff. So amazing. I, in my head, it was like a him. Nokia brick. Uh, that's <laughs> you know, she better. has like a real nice. So, and like her, her uh, screen cover is like a selfie of her son that he sent to her. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very cute. Her lock screen. Uh, okay. Uh, Brief tangent question for you. Would Val have changed that if she knew how, or is she content with, with the photo? No, that that is what she, she, he like sent her one at some point that she was like, ah, now I know how to do this. So that is like right. the, the brief glimpse into her heart. <laughs> I love that. I love that detail about phones so much where occasionally I'm just like, bold, interesting. Okay, cool. Um, great. Okay. So you, um, as you're, you're driving the cruiser, um, you actually have a, a message from Ripcord. Mm-hmm. Uh, telling you that um, the uh, repairs on Cherry are complete. Um, yes. But uh, I think ultimately, like, finding out what the fuck's going on with Will and getting a shower probably trumps, as much as you're desperate to get Cherry back, like, 100%. trumps that. Yeah, me. that comes first, and then that will be next course of action is getting the car back. <laughs> Great. So as you um, drive uh, back to your, your and Will's apartment, um, you, uh, you can see that there are uh, a number of... Um, uh, like small, um, they seem to be kind of almost uh, vigil sites have been set up as you you drive through your neighborhood. Um, that said, you're driving, so you mm-hmm. don't really, I think, cl- like you you see these as you go by. They're an oddity, um, but I think we'll wait till Evangeline walks home to mm-hmm. actually cover what these are. Um, but um, there's definitely a somber uh, attitude uh, to to the neighborhood. Um, you arrive at your apartment. Um, you just ditched the cruiser. I assume you're going to like call for, for the sheriff's department to come get it. Yeah, she'll uh, you just leave up... it parked by her apartment. Yeah. What does Val returning home at the end of a long day look like? Like what, what is the, the trudge up to the door for you? Yeah, I think the, the come home is pretty much the same as leave. It's just like stomp, 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 slam door open, slam door shut. <laughs> like there is no, no finesse, nothing particular. Her mind, she's very single-minded in those situations. <laughs> Obviously, you're a car person. Um, what else would Will like? What other gifts would Will know to buy you? Like normally, be like, "Hey, I ordered good takeout," but obviously, that's not an option for you. So, what's what's a nice thing you think uh, Will would know to to get for you? Oh man, yeah, I think that it, it, car stuff for sure, or even just tools. Like she maybe recently broke a specific like type of wrench, and because when vampire angry working on a car, things just break. <laughs> So yes. maybe just like pre like ordered the the thing she had most recently broken in the apartment, another one of it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you uh, you open the door um, to find uh, the table nicely set, um, and like tidy, which is rare. Uh, and in the center of it, there is like you know like that specific like <laughs> specific spanner or whatever you broke. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like the fancy one. Like this isn't the Canadian Tire, which is a, a, a reference, I guess, for the rest of us. But not you, Dell. But uh, Canadian Tire is like the standard Canadian. Like if you need a tool, you go to a home home hardware, or you go to Canadian Tire. Um, this is upscale. This is clearly like a professional grade mechanics uh, wrench. Uh, it's got a little bow tied around it badly. Like it's Aww. it's you know when you tie your shoes badly, like the the loops are in the kind of in the wrong way, and one of them's too long. Um, this would be, if it was a shoe, a shoe you'd have to retie shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, this is and, so sweet. <laughs> uh, and you're, you, uh, you're, you're shocked to hear, uh, music playing, uh, instead of the telltale sounds of Call of Duty, yeah. uh, which is a bit of a rarity in your house. What do you do? 
Um, yeah, I think she would walk up to the middle of the table and very, very gently, like, touch, touch this spanner, like, oh, and, and that's it. That's, like, the moment of, like, oh, oh, my son. And then, <laughs> and then try to approach wherever this music is coming from, and she'd be looking around, and she'd be like, hey, hey, kid, you home? Um, and he, he calls you Val, right? Or does he call mm-hmm. you mom? Yeah. He could, yeah, he could call her mom, too. <laughs> but does he? He, has I he? Think, sorry, has he traditionally not? Could he? Does he have the capability? I, of I think he has. I think yeah. it, it was a. It, that was a transitional point they reached when he was like maybe like twelve or thirteen years old. The mom thing came out and it was a thing, and now it's like interchangeably either okay. way. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, and you hear him say, "In here, mom." <laughs> she, she breathes the deepest fucking sigh of relief of think the fuck this kid is not dead like that uh, that lived in the back of her mind for this entire adventure and now it has proven untrue and she doesn't have to like look at that she opened the door hey how how is your job uh well val she before, looks like hell <laughs> yeah she looks like hell um and uh you see um will sitting uh with um two people uh just just hanging out listening to tunes um, there are two kind of like large, um, like just physically imposing, uh, people, but big smiles. Um, one guy is a bit of like, think like, uh, young Vincent D'Onofrio in like full metal jacket, but without the weird Vietnam trauma. So just kind of like a big kind of smiley, but also like physically huge dude. Um, and, uh, there is, uh. A lady who, uh, I don't know if all of you have seen Encanto, you should, um, but uh, she's basically like the strong lady from Encanto. So just like a big lady, uh, and all of them are wearing um, convenience store, uh, like weird, almost like bowling shirts um, with uh, little name tags. um, And um, uh, you can see uh, their names are Captain and Kamala. Um. But, uh, and they're all sitting around, uh, there's a record on, um, which is odd because, uh, like, I think we established you're like a, you're a tape person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So records are not, not a thing, but you can see there is a, a record player set up, uh, and there are, but they're like, they're modern records. Like, it's not like, you know, classy old stuff. It's like a Black Keys album and like something else that like maybe mm-hmm. a Daft Punk or something that are very, very new. Um, the rapping is on the ground. Uh, and uh, you can smell the uh, the, the faint uh, odor of uh, incense, uh, which is barely covering uh, the smell of weed. Um, and uh, Will just says, Mom, the job went so great. These are my co-workers. This is Kevin. That's Kamala. And we all just worked a crazy good shift. Val, when she first walked into the room, it was like the <laughs> pressure angst goes up. Then she saw the shirts and the weed, and it was like angst go down. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, "What? Uh, what's the job?" Oh, we're we're working. Uh, I got a job at a gas station, Mom. We sell all sorts of stuff, and we sell gas to you know cars. And he leans in. He's like, "I'm pretty sure that none of the gas is like." the right gas for cherry though so like maybe don't and then over shoulder kamala's like oh if you have a nice car don't like come hang out but don't don't fill up here 
Also, hi. You have a very nice home. Hi. Thanks. All right. Just, just say safe. Shit is really... She gestures at herself. She's like, have fun. Closes the door. Goes <laughs> to take a shower. <laughs> and uh, you just hear uh, Kevin say, your mom is awesome. <laughs> um, and... Um, yeah, you get the sense that uh, this is like the first time Will's ever had money, and it's clear that he's like <laughs> spending it on kind of dumb things, but also he didn't spend it on in-game items, which honestly is such a huge step forward for him yeah. that like uh, it's uh, it's pretty great. And yeah. Um, yeah, I think Val is also extremely understanding of this because this is not only the first time he's had a lot of money, it's the first time she's had a lot of money, mm -hmm. and also that they've had an apartment. They've just been living mostly out of a trailer truck for a lot of their life. So uh, she's very, that's fine. She just doesn't want him to die. <laughs> that's all. Yeah, that's that's totally fair. Um, you, uh, you you obviously, like, knowing the town, know that um, he's referring to uh, Tim's Old Times Gas Station, uh, <laughs> which is on the, the, the very uh, westernmost edge of town um, and is, like, in some ways, a holdover relic of like a, a, a you know a half remembered nineteen fifties nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, like it's just like a, kind of an old shitty gas station. Um, but you also, I think, given the way you've lived your life, you recognize immediately the camaraderie that comes from working a shit job but with good people. And there seemed to be that sort of comfortable ease uh, mm -hmm. in there, which which is. Uh, which is nice, and honestly, I think it it does your it it gives you a little bit of comfort to know that like Will actually is making friends because mm -hmm. that will also help keep him safe. Also, these two people are fucking huge, so like, yeah. thumbs good, good up job, for Will. safeness. Yeah, good exactly. Job. Yeah, yeah, good job, buddy. Yeah, find uh, <laughs> now you just need to find a cleric and a paladin and uh, a striker <laughs> of some sort, and you're good. Um, so, someone did a good job raising that boy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so you make you make your way uh, into the shower. Um, what is uh, this? Is a, an odd question, but I think an important one for for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. What does Val's bathroom look like? Like it, it sounds like having lived rough for so long. I wonder is this a space that you've invest actually invested in a bit because it's a rare thing for you to have? Because I imagine like if you kind of spent a lot of your life using like gym and mm -hmm. like rest stop yeah truck stop, shower stop, yeah. yeah exactly mm -hmm. like what what is but also like i don't feel like val invests a lot in herself so like what is is it a fancy shower do you have like a bathtub like what's what's the what, what's the bathroom in, in val and will's place like yeah i think that the investment in the apartment is that it's like a, a big room and a master you know with a bathroom and then a second room with a bathroom and it's mm. val's is the smaller room with the smaller bathroom that everything just looks like trash and it's very <laughs> not fancy and all of her investment is in the money of things for will so it's like gotcha. yeah his computer's nice he's he's got nice toaster oven it's like he has nice things and her shower looks like an animal has been in there <laughs> amazing all right great 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 so very functional shower um mm -hmm. and you get in there you turn on the water and you just breathe uh you can't really breathe because you're a kindred but like that yeah. that instinct i think of, of breathing in mm -hmm. and out i'm just imagining like all the action movies where like someone's had a rough fucking ride of it like i think this happens with like atomic blonde where like charlize just looks like shit after getting like just 
beating up a thousand people and getting her ass kicked. It's just like, <laughs> like it's just one of those like <laughs> yes. blood showers. Um, but uh, you do totally. like the hand on the wall thing and um, you actually just, uh, just get to relax in there. Yes. The sheriff is missing. Yes. There's <laughs> a lot of shit going on in town, but for a hot second uh, you can actually relax a little bit. Uh, Doris, you wake up in the basement of Pritchard's peculiarities. Mm-hmm. Um on top of a, a bunch of like mass produced permats. Um, here's a question. Have you ever stayed over here before? Like how well do you know Marjorie? I know she's one of your touchstones, but is, is she more of like a, I think she has, I think she yep. definitely has. I think it's like they've, they've gotten too caught up in some kind of ritual. Um, right. And all of a sudden realized that the sun was up and she couldn't go anywhere. Awesome. So um, familiar environments mm-hmm. wake up in then um yeah what uh what do you do first um she's going to go see if she can find a spider um because she wants to uh crush it she wants to be able to collect some spiders in a vial so she can crush them up for a potion later on um because okay. i have i have a i have a ritual skill uh that i have clinging of the insect and uh I, which is basically vial of my blood mixed with the spider. And it means that I can crawl along walls. And I feel like right now she's feeling very kind of, um, what? Hi friends. It's Ryan here. And I am excited to invite you to join the dumb dumbs and dice Patreon. It's a great way for you to help our team keep creating shows that you love, and it's a cool opportunity for you to get neat things, too. At the $1 level, we have a Patreon-exclusive Discord, so you can chat with other listeners and our cast in spoiler and non-spoiler channels so anyone can tag in. At the $5 level, we offer ad-free feeds for a bunch of our shows so you won't have to hear us advertising our Patreon anymore. At $15, you get to submit names for NPCs, places, and things that we have to use in the shows, and we also have a Tips, Tricks, and Traps video where you can submit questions that our GMs and DMs myself and Tom will answer for you. And at $25, you can create your own NPC to join one of our active shows and get a special thank you at the end of every episode we produce. We've got a bunch of tiers where you can join, so please head on over to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B D-U-M-B D-I-C-E. Patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Please help support us and we'll keep new episodes coming. Oh, yeah. So she's not going to use it now, but she wants to find some spiders because she's being hunted by people mm-hmm. and she wants to give herself all the advantage that she can. Uh, so that's step one. And then step two is go back to, uh, um, I can't remember. Do I know anything bad has happened to anybody else but me? Yes. So when um, when Taurus was getting you out, you watched uh, the red cell guys burst in, grab Everett, Um like poison the nurse uh and okay. escape so uh okay. also um taurus explained to you that um the asp protocol targets you specifically so oh. you're aware that like bad things may be happening but his explanation was like anyone associated with cleopatra mm. including himself is like mm-hmm. number one target for this protocol um, okay. Which is why he got you out. So I think you're you're aware bad things are happening. He wants to get you out of town. I do um, not want to go out of town. Yeah, fair enough. So let's deal with the spider thing first. I was going to make you roll, but honestly, I 
been in stock basements of like yeah. shops and like harder not to find a spider really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you, you, you yeah. load up on spiders. Um, so that's great. Awesome. Um, and uh, yeah, so you, you're aware things have gone down. Um, you're a little bit isolated from people because obviously you're not a technology user, but what, what would you want to do next? Do you think? Well, I mean, I would normally self-preservation would tell me to go to town. However, she's very big on hierarchy and, and like respecting those rules. And so she's like, well, I have to go find Everett because he's my boss. And if he dies, then all of this is going to fall apart. And that is bad, bad, bad news bears. So um, yeah, I think she would make it her mission. And I think she would naturally assume that the other two members of her squad are looking for their boss as well. Um, because, you know, squads stick together. So like in her brain, she's just like, yes. Um, so it's fine. Everett, I think is her. Okay. So where would be your first, like, I, I'm curious. So you saw him get bundled into the back of a truck mm-hmm. and then driven away. Um, I think she would do a ritual. She would do a tarot card reading. Okay. Yes. Um, do you have tarot on you or do you need to get some from the shop upstairs? Yeah, she'd have to get some from the shop. Uh, all right. So um, you head upstairs um, and um, uh, your your ears are assaulted with a strange noise. Um, it's uh, it, it sounds a little bit like um, if, if you turned a cat uh, into a flute. Like, it's just a weird, warbly, <laughs> kind of unpleasant sound. Um, it seems to be be kind of like, uh, you know, rolling up and down. It, it's really a, a strange noise. Um, and uh, as it as it trails off, uh, you, you hear a, a voice, an unfamiliar voice, uh, say, you're listening to the All Kenny G channel on Stingray Music. Um and as you walk up, you see uh, the, the the shop is dark, which makes sense because it's you know the night uh, lit only by candles. Uh, and Torres and uh, Marjorie are sitting across from each other at the counter, like kind of leaning on the counter. Um, there are candles lit, and uh, they each have a plate of spaghetti, just like incredibly generic spaghetti, um, and uh, seem to be sharing a laugh. Um, and and uh, sipping wine from like just the most mismatched like one of them's like a Garfield mug, uh, and the other one is like you know a cup from like Taco Bell or something like they're just really <laughs> mismatched cups, um, but they seem deep in conversation uh, and leaning like a little for your understanding like too close for a conversation to occur comfortably. Um, what do you do? I think she'd look at Tor uh, Tours and just say. Why are you trying to consume that? Uh, and he immediately, like, wide-eyed looks at Marjorie when you say that. And then looks to you and says, um, Oh, you mean the the food? Yes. Did you think I was talking about Marjorie? <laughs> uh, and they, like, share like a children at prom grin at each other. Um... <laughs> And she just holds up like crossed fingers uh, to you. Like he doesn't see it. Um, I love this. And he he just says, um, uh, well, Miss Doris, surely you you remember that I am not, uh, I don't have the same gifts as as you or or, uh, 
our dearly departed uh, Prince Cleopatra. I, I, I certainly have, have benefited from from uh, the, the kindred blood, but I am I am not of of you. I am uh, a, a mortal, and as a result, have and looks at the spaghetti first, but then flicks his eyes up to Marjorie's. He says, "Mortal appetites as well." Also, please remember he's Stellan Skarsgård. It's so important for this whole yeah. scene that you're just imagining <laughs> Stellan Skarsgård doing this, talking to like Emma um, Emma Thompson in Harry Potter. Like that's no, that's yeah. the, the kind of combination we're doing it. here. I had actually forgot. I had actually forgot. I thought he was a vampire, so that was where that question came from. So wreck uh, on that. But anyway, uh, yeah, she'll... Claire, it's Doris. You could ask everything. You could fair. say whatever you want. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So then. Um, uh, then she'll kind of, she'll look at him and she'll tap her cheek and then she'll look at uh, Marjorie and say, um, I need a tarot deck. And also I borrowed some spiders and I'll probably not be given them back. And um, <laughs> for a second, the spell is broken. Um, and uh, Marjorie just kind of crosses her arms and looks at you in like that, like friend who's always eating your shit out of the fridge, being like, "Oh, like you know, the roommate who's like, oh yeah, sorry, I ate your stuff." Um, and she just pulls out a ledger, and she just marks down like, "How many spiders did you take?" Uh, three, <laughs> three spiders. Uh, she just adjusts her inventory for minus three spiders, um, and uh, she leans over to Taurus and says, "I'm never getting those back." Um, and then, uh, and he kind of nods sagely at, at this as only someone on a date would. Um, and then, uh, she looks back and says, um, yes, 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 tarot, tarot. Well, um, and she like reaches into her shirt, um, at which point like Taurus just like steadies himself because he's not sure what's <laughs> happening here, but he's, he's, he's pretty thrilled about it. And she pulls the, the tarot cards that she took from the 12 year old out. Um, and, uh, she says, these ones have interesting magic now yes magic now because they were in the hands of another and now they shall be in yours um and then you see her kind of like look at the the just the fistful of cards and kind of like check down her shirt and then she like digs around like up and under um and she says damnable underwires and then she pulls out uh, a final card uh, and puts it in the deck shuffles it and uh and hands it to you uh, and then immediately just straight arm shoves uh, both plates of pasta off the off the the table. Uh, and Taurus kind of like jumps back and like shock and a little bit taken aback. Um, but Marjorie does not fuck around when it comes to tarot. And she knows you need some tarot space. And though there was a tarot <laughs> table in here a long time ago, it is now stacked high with theoretically uh, mystical tikis. Um, so she just like swipes the table um, and just wave, waves you over. Um, okay. She does send a reassuring wink at Taurus to let him know that, you know, he didn't fuck up or anything. Um, <laughs> and uh, he, as a, you know, a ghoul, as a retainer to Kindred, gets that magic should happen. So he just kind of stands back and, like, starts quietly mopping up the spaghetti as the two of you sit down to read. Um, Claire, what do you normally roll for tarot? Have you rolled for tarot? I think once um with my own personal deck uh probably a cult i don't actually know it was about six months ago <laughs> <laughs> all right um six months Very like fair. conservatively yeah. yeah random okay um well it's i'm just probably gonna... a cult yeah in like I mean, intelligence or something yeah that makes sense to me um so let's pull a random tarot card for you and uh yeah go ahead with your your roll please okay Six, seven. 
Oh, I need to get rid of this hundred. Oh, and actually, uh, <laughs> oh, roll and then I'll okay. ask you a question. One, two, three, four, five. Five success. Nice. Five success. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Uh, what are you trying to determine from your, your tarot? You just get a general reading on like what's up or like what 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 is no. led you to this? Specifically, uh, she wants to find Everett. Mm. Okay. All right. Um draw the helicopter card. <laughs> From your tarot deck. There might be a helicopter card. Inverted. Oh, no. (laughs) You pull a blank character sheet for Tyler to fill in. Uh, (laughs) uh, Okay. So, uh, Claire, based on my randomizer, uh, you pull temperance. Um, So, it signifies balance, peace, patience, and moderation. Uh, it implies you found an right. inner calm and a good perspective on things. It's okay. a sign that relationships in your life are harmonious. Uh, and you're not, uh, you've learned not to allow yourself to be dragged into other people's conflicts or let minor issues knock you off balance. Her tarot deck is and, like, don't worry about it. No, no, literally, that's how she's taking this. She's like, thank God everything will work out. And she decides to go back to the her attic to feed the man in the box. <laughs> Um, and so with, with that, you like, look at the card, you, you look to Marjorie, uh, you look to Tors, um, you take your vial of spiders, <laughs> um, you, you start to leave and, and Tors, um, just kind of like, uh, puts a hand on your shoulder and says, wait, 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 uh, Doris, you, 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 you can't just leave. We need to get you out of here. No. Everything's going to be fine. But, but, but Doris, and I imagine you're just like leaving. Yeah. Like I, I don't imagine you wait for things. Uh, so you, you, you book it out the door. Um, yeah. And as the, uh, the chimes like awkwardly jangle in like a cacophony of nightmares and one of them gets stuck in the door. Um, he just kind of watches you go and he says, but, but the pyramids here, unfortunately, You are gone and do not hear it. This episode of Blood and Syrup features the voices of Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter, and storyteller Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and Blood and Syrup's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com. That's D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme songs are What's Really Going On Right Now by Chase Allen Willis and Traffic by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. All of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We also have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Sleep well, my kindred. Sleep well in this world of dark. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Lord Abradovic, Orion Birchfield, Scott Garland, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, Roman Brown, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish.